This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? Rhea Butcher, host of Three Swings, the podcast you're currently listening to. I told you I was going to get game-by-game recaps, but... Uh, I didn't. <laughs> it worked out better to wait for the off day to recaps game one and two. And conveniently, they're pretty much the same game in a row. So it's not going to be too difficult. Um, simply because there's, uh, you know, when they get bunched together like this, it is going to be a little bit easier, uh, for me to do it this way. Also, one of the engineers at Forever Dog was moving. So congrats on the new place. Um, and it was going to be really difficult for them to get to this. So I like to consider other people when I'm doing things. Um, sometimes it gets me in trouble because considering other people means it seems like you're not considering other people on top of that. And uh, that's the human condition. Unfortunately, you can't satisfy everybody. Um, so welcome back. It's basically likely mad as hell again. And I told you that the chances of that being my emotional state around this World Series were pretty high. And as you can see, after the first two games, I was correct. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of what perspective to take on this. I mean, I'm trying not to be too much. Here's, Here's one thing. I'm not like I didn't expect the Dodgers to make it to the World Series this year. I mean, I had hope and I thought maybe they might. Uh, and it would have been exciting as a as a fan who lives in that city. Uh, so when they made it, I was really surprised and like kind of like, well, cool that they made it this far. I mean, great. Isn't this a win in and of itself? Yes, it is. I've had all these perspective changes in the past, uh, what is it, eight months, six months or something like that, um, that I'm just like, hey, this is cool. And the Dodgers and the Red Sox get to play each other. And look, you might be like, you got the stats wrong. Uh, the Dodgers and the Red Sox have played before in 1912. It was the Brooklyn Robins, not the Brooklyn Dodgers. So I just feel like, to me, I I try not to be a purist on too many things. And also, even when I am a purist, it's not like I hold my nose up in the air about the thing. I just think the the Dodgers versus the Red Sox, those words, that's what I go by. So it's exciting. And, I mean, maybe maybe because... And look, uh, Red Sox fans, I'm sure, do not feel this way at all because you're Red Sox fans and you've had a wonderful season. And look, I know what last year was like. But again, the Dodgers had a terrible skid right before the World Series, which took a big dent out of it, Um, which is something that they do a lot. I went to Game 5, which I've talked about a couple times, uh, with my my dear friend and base buddy, uh, Paul F. Tompkins. And it was such a great game until the ninth inning when... um, 
was it Jansen? No. Who gave it up? It wasn't Jansen and it wasn't Baez. I cannot remember who came in to relieve, but then they had to bring in Jansen to shut it down because they were trying to save him. But Granderson hit an RBI uh, double, I think, and it just took this dent out of like what a great a great game that they had going. And I mean, I wasn't trying to be like negative. I just remember saying to to Paul, I was like, "Well, can you imagine how much more excited everybody would be had they not given up that late <laughs> run or whatever?" It just is like they've got they've got so much going for them that they get in their own way so many times, you know? Um, but I, before I get to that part of it, I mean, the Red Sox are the Red Sox. Like, they're the best team in baseball. So, and the, whatever bullpen skid happened is not, doesn't exist now. And I think s- s- maybe 25% the Dodgers are giving the Red Sox a boost, especially their bullpen. Um, they're, I mean... More than that. I mean, the the Dodgers are giving the Red Sox a lot. That is not to say that the Red Sox are not good. I'm simply saying they are a really good team that is, in addition to being a really good team, getting a lot of help from the Dodgers. It doesn't, it's, uh, I, 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 this is not diminishing the Red Sox at all. It's like, it's nuts because you go up against a team that produces uh, tons of runs with two outs. And then you walk in runs. You're giving them a lot. I mean, that's that's huge. You're giving any team a lot when you walk in a run for them. Uh, but when when you give it to a team that can, that produces consistently on two outs or on two strikes with two outs, you're just you're just giving up the ship, you know. So, and I I can't imagine what the Red Sox are saying in the dugout, just like wide eyed and like, well, all right, I mean, they're gonna give us that. You can't give an inch in the World Series, and the Dodgers are giving a football field, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, Red Sox fans, you got to be pretty stoked right now. You're sitting very pretty at 2-0, and, and these are not eked out wins. Like, these are, these are dominant wins, even though, uh, the, the run differential is, is, is definitely, um, catchable in each of these games. You look at the box score and you think like, oh, well, I mean, you know, game one, four runs. But that's, you know, you get the bases loaded, you hit a grand slam. It's it's surmountable is all I'm saying. These are not like, you know, 12 to nothing wins or anything like that, which I wouldn't put past the Red Sox at this point is simply what I'm saying. Um, And especially last night with a four to two win, you know, these are not, it's not a one run game, but it's also not a five run game. So that's, it's interesting to me. I, just because I find these things interesting. That's why I have a podcast about them. Um, so, I mean, what is there to say about the Red Sox that you don't already know? Best outfield in baseball. Um, their starters are rising to the occasion. David Price. Uh, two tremendous postseason performances in a row. Really staying with his stuff and trusting himself. And also being trusted by his manager. I think Alex Cora, as a rookie manager, is off the charts with his choices. And I don't think any of these choices are mistakes. I think, I mean, I look at that dude and I look at Dave Roberts and I look at their, even just their um, body language, in-game body language, and I, I see Alex Cora standing at the top of the dugout with his hands in his, his hoodie kangaroo pocket, and then I see Dave, like, wild-eyed and, like, ready to make decisions and stuff. I just think, you know, 
I, I'm going to hammer on it forever. And But this is what I believe to be true, is that Dave Roberts is managing the Dodgers out of the World Series again. He's doing it. And I'll get to that more later because I don't want to spend more time on that than and, and not spend any time on how good the Red Sox actually are. Um, I mean, the pinch hit Eduardo Nunez, like, what a choice. But it, great choice. Good, I would say good choice because Nunez has been so hurt and he's not like a bad choice. It's just like not, oh, this is some huge power bat off the bench. He has been consistent, but he's been hurt a lot this year. So choosing Nunez off the bench. And again, I didn't get to watch this part because I was literally hosting my stand-up show. So I didn't get to feel the momentum of that choice. But and this 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 happened in the 2017 World Series is that Alex Cora makes a choice or the American League team, the uh, AJ Hinch makes a t- choice and then Dave Roberts makes a decision based off of that. He's always playing catch up and always playing defense. So Alex Cora has the advantage here cuz he's making a decision and saying, "Let's go to let's go to Nuñez." And so then Dave Roberts goes to Alex Wood, which is kind of the worst choice you can make. Last year in the NLCS, I was watching the game over at my dear friend Paul F. Tompkins' house. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And there was an at-bat between Alex Wood and Wilson Contreras, and he fouled off a pitch, and I turned to Paul and I said, watch him hit a home run right here. Next pitch, guess what he did? Home run. Am I that good at baseball? No! (laughs) I just have watched Alex Wood pitch I saw the way Contreras fouled off the pitch, and I was like, he's going to hit a home run. And then he did. The fact that he's going to Alex Wood, look, I don't care about matchups. At this point, yeah, it got you there, but this is a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game, and Alex Cora understands that. Dave Roberts does not. And that is the basic difference between the two. You don't shuffle your lineup just because of you put the guys in that have been hitting. So game one, Dave Roberts puts in an, a, an only right-handed batting lineup with Brian Dozier leading off and Chris Taylor hitting fifth. Chris Taylor hitting something like 175 or something. He's not hitting. Yes, he made a stellar catch and he gets on base occasionally. The Red Sox look pretty much the same as they did in the ALCS and the ALDS. And guess what? They win the game. <laughs> Consistency, 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 consistency. You go with what works. And I think game one, the worst decision that Dave Roberts made happened before they even set foot on the field, which is not starting the NLCS MVP. Cody Bellinger on the bench for game one of the World Series, after finally getting it together, put him right back into his head. Plus, you have Jock Peterson and Max Muncy on the bench. Now, sure, that means, oh, look at this power on the bench. Well, look at this weakness in the field. And you stack your lineup right-handed because they have a left-handed pitcher. Okay, 
He comes out after five. Guess who comes in? A right-handed reliever. And now your your back is against the wall again. Because not only did you stack it right-handed, you stacked it right-handed with a bunch of guys that aren't hitting the goddamn baseball. <laughs> and who, who haven't been playing. And who haven't been the major producers in your lineup. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make logical sense? Sure. Does it make sense to my eyeballs? No. It makes no sense to my eyeballs. And I'm not the only person that thinks this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not. There's a lot of people that think this. It's very frustrating. It feels like you have so many options and you go with the worst possible one. Um, but I just think, you know, I don't know. J.D. Martinez hits the ball. They, they, relying on a lot of small ball was fun for the first game. And I felt like, oh, this is going to be a great series. Because for a while, for that game, Red Sox and Dodgers were sort of sticking with each other. And then you start, Dave starts making all these changes and there, there goes the ball game. So I can't help but see that like, oh, that you out, you, you overmanage your team and you, it loses the game. There is something to be said for consistency, for playing a hot hand, for sticking with what works. I mean, but that's the problem is he's sticking with what works, but it's what works on paper, not what works in front of you. And I think that the main thing that I'm getting out of this because it's frustrating, but I'm also not like, I mean, I'm just not devastated anymore because I've just resigned to the fact that this is what happens. <laughs> for for me as a fan of Major League Baseball, this is what consistently happens. So like, of course, all right, cool. It's fun to be here. It's fun to watch it happen. It's fun to have a cohort of Dodger fans where we all bitch about the same thing. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends who are Red Sox fans and I don't because I'm, you know, whatever, it, it literally is whatever it is. Like, great. The be the better team should win. And so far, it's the Boston Red Sox. And you might think I'm not a good Dodger fan for that reason. But, I mean, number one, I didn't grow up a Dodger fan. So, of course, I can say these things. And number two, I, it's I, that's just what's happening. I can't, like, I'm going to sit here and, like, bang a drum for a team that's not doing well. They're not doing well! I'm also not throwing my Dodger gear in the trash or being like a turncoat. I'm not like a Red Sox fan or anything, but they're exciting to watch. And I like a lot of players on the team. I mean, Andrew Benintendi, what did he do? Four for five in his uh, World Series debut? The only MLB player to do so? I mean, come on. You got to like, you got to recognize what's good. I can't. Also, I have a podcast. I can't be. I should be somewhat neutral on this. And that catch in game two ridiculous that was how high off the ground was he four feet that was nuts that was a nuts grab and it's not surprising either because that's what we've consistently seen throughout the playoffs best outfield in baseball defensively and offensively imagine the the gigantic st star that Andrew Benintendi would be if it weren't for Mookie Betts and that's not a bad thing I just mean like Mookie Betts is such a tremendous outfielder, tremendous player all around. I love that dude. He's got a great attitude. I love all of it. I love the way he plays the game. There was a woman last year that was born the same year that the Red Sox beat the Dodge, whatever it was, and her favorite player is Mookie Betts. I love that shit. There is nothing that makes me happier than to see some old-ass white woman whose favorite player is a dude of color. There is nothing... I mean, there's a lot of things that make me happier than this. But in terms of the World Series and in terms of baseball, goddamn do I love that shit. There was something over the summer about like a 103-year-old woman who got to meet Yadier Molina's who, Molina, sorry, who also 
last night was presented with the Roberto Clemente Award for his service uh, to his community. He specifically was giving out supplies by hand, climbing up mountains and shit in Puerto Rico uh, after Hurricane Maria. And that's what he was given that award for. Um, but some pictures over the summer of them hanging out. I mean, there's just nothing, nothing. It's so great in this game. And it's so specific to female fans and not just white woman fans, but like feminine fans, whatever, whatever I, I, whatever I should be saying in, in this context, but major league baseball often overlooks its female fans or tries to, to, to serve them by giving them, you know, nail bags and uh, sequined gear and stuff. And like, whatever, that's some people like that. Not everybody likes that. And I do think that baseball specifically, and it could be my, you know, obviously I'm biased that I think baseball is the best sport on the planet, but I just, the, the, the fandom of old women in this sport is unrivaled in other sports. Yes, there are old women that love football. Yes, there are old women that love basketball. I would actually say that the WNBA is probably the only sport that rivals uh, men's baseball with having like elderly women as big fans. <laughs> but I I'm glad that they show these women on TV. That's not, they're obviously not being fully overlooked, but I just think, you know, it's a documentary waiting to happen. Old women who love baseball is a documentary waiting to happen. Maybe that's what I should do next. Uh, but that did make me tremendously happy last night. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I just don't have any analysis other than Boston is better. Boston is playing better baseball. It's, it's almost easy for them. I, I would say the Dodgers are making it easy for them. They're very good. I'm not diminishing their talents. I'm actually saying like, I would bet that they probably want to be a little more tested than this. Um, is what I was trying to get at with the dugout part of it. But I just think, you know, okay, so you have your, your Alex Wood BS, but previous to that, when I was still watching the game, bases are loaded. Dave Roberts goes to Madsen instead of somebody like Scott Alexander, who he's been grooming all year as his go-to mi middle reliever who induces ground balls. Like it's his job because guess what? It's his job. <laughs> I mean, I watched him pitch all year He's good. He's good. He's good. Is he some like, I'm, oh, oh my God, this is the second coming of, is he Joe Kelly? Absolutely not. I mean, Boston has better middle relievers thus far in the series. Um, but he goes with Madsen who cannot throw a strike in this situation. And look, it doesn't surprise me. Fenway is loud as hell. Like what we're hearing on TV is probably what? 10% of the, <laughs> of how loud it actually is. You watch when they show somebody in the on-deck circle, every single person in the back of that shot is saying some shit to the person in the on-deck circle, and that is Boston baseball. It's a nightmare. It's an actual nightmare. And the Dodgers last night in game two seemed to look like they were like, well, we'll just wait till we get home, which is a bad attitude to have. But that's the attitude that their skipper's given them, and that's terrible. It's terrible. I just think he's doing his team a disservice. Anyway, I, I, I mean, look. It's bad. I think it's bad. I don't think I could just be some major league manager, but I wouldn't be making any of these choices. All of these choices are terrible. I mean, I can't believe that I'm saying this based on literally every other year than this, but I wouldn't make my choices based on previous years. I would make my choices based on yesterday. I would go to Pedro Baez in this situation over Kenta Maeda. But if I, my choices are Madsen and Ma Maeda, 
Maeda in a heartbeat. He's pitching better. I mean, I would have t- taken Ryu out. He was done. He was gassed. He didn't have anything left. But Manson does the same thing two nights in a row. You walk in a run in the World Series, done. We should not see that guy ever again. But guess what? We probably will. I put $10,000 on it. I, I would put $10,000 on seeing Madsen on Friday. I would do it because that's what looks good on paper to Dave. I just think you do that one time, you're done. One time, you're done. That is literally the opposite job of a pitcher. And he, he, he failed. That's a failure of your job. And he was a pickup <laughs> on top of that. On top of that. Um, game one, Justin Turner makes that incredible play on the, the, the grounder, which was ruled foul, but was definitely fair. You have a different ball game there too. It's funny. It's just like one bounce of the ball and everything changes, but you got to stick with it. And, uh, the Boston Red Sox are sticking with it a lot harder than the Los Angeles Dodgers are. I think they better play smarter baseball when they get back to Los Angeles. But I, I mean, the Red Sox have a clear advantage here. I, I, it, it will suck if it's a sweep only because I want to watch more baseball at this point. But, I mean, I don't mean to sound, like, a defeated or anything, but, look, I mean, I'm just looking at what's on the television. Um, I'm just looking at what's on the baseball field, and it, they're, they, they look defeated. The Dodgers look defeated, and you can't look defeated, but they do. And the Red Sox are like, hey, we got this thing in the bag, and so far it pretty much is. I mean, let's go trick-or-treating. They're ready to go. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's exciting. Game one was exciting and then it got blown open and then it wasn't exciting from a Dodger standpoint, from a Red Sox standpoint, very excited, uh, from a, and then game two again, looked pretty decent. And then Ryan Matson gives, gives them the game pretty, pretty big bummer. I mean, Cody Bellinger comes in, makes a spectacular catch in center field to rob JD Martinez of a single or a double. And, uh, you go, why Why hasn't he been playing center field? Kike Hernandez hasn't hit the baseball. I love him to death, but he hasn't hit the baseball, and oh, he's right-handed? Okay. <laughs> he hasn't hit the damn baseball. So I, these are bad decisions. It's almost, I, I, I'm almost mad at this point that these decisions are so bad because I want to see, ba- I want to see Boston have to try harder. You know what I mean? Because they're so good, I want to see what they can do. Um, and they don't they don't have to try that hard. And that's almost a disservice to baseball in and of itself. Does that make sense? It's like I wanted to see a better – I thought I was going to get a better matchup, and it's not proving to be that based on matchups, which is the most ironic and frustrating thing that you could possibly have. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that's what's going on. Um that's kind of all I got to say. I mean, I don't want to go inning by inning here because it's just kind of, that was like almost the same game two nights in a row. So congrats, Boston fans, on your first two games. Pretty great for you. Uh, Dodgers come back to Los Angeles. I'm trying to go to the game. Probably not going to happen. It's very expensive. Uh, and then hopefully watch it with some friends. And then Saturday morning, I'm flying out at 8 to go to D.C. I'll be at the Benson Ball Saturday night. You should come out to that show. I think there's a few tickets left. Please buy those tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then I'm going to sleep a couple hours, get right back up and get back on a plane and fly back to Los Angeles so that I can play in game two of my own personal World Series, which we won the first game 10 to 
nine, I believe, uh, or 11 to 10, one of those two, um, in a walk-off. It was a tumultuous game for a lot of reasons. I learned a lot about myself and my team. Um, so I'm excited. We're going into game two. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you updated on that. Probably because of my travel schedule, I'm going to have to wait until Monday for my recap. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I don't know that I'm going to, like I said, Friday's a game. Then Saturday I'm on a plane. Saturday's a game. And then potentially Sunday's a game. But I am busy that night. So probably Monday I'll be recording my update for you. We'll see what happens. I think I know what's going to (laughs) happen. But I'm not going to make any more predictions because this year I've been completely off. But whatever. You can only do what you can do. So I appreciate everybody listening. I'm really excited about uh, the rest of the World Series, kind of. (laughs) Which one am I talking about? You're probably not sure. Um, So again, look for that recap next week. And um, yeah, let's see. What else is going on? Check out the DC Girls Baseball team they are out in dc i'm hoping to see some of them at the uh show i think some of them will be there but check them out they have a a lot of social media presence and once you check them out you'll probably get some suggestions for some other teams uh some girls kids baseball um support their efforts they're very cool very awesome i got to meet some of those players at the baseball for all nationals this year which was very exciting so please support that and if you can please support baseball for all uh the organization that i'm very excited about justine siegel's thing and she's got a good thing going so please do that also um i was in the most recent issue of good company magazine which is a an offshoot of uh grace bonnie's uh sort of design sponge um sort of endeavor uh she's a wonderful human who's putting a lot of great work out into the world um there's an article a conversation between myself and jacob tobia two non-binary folks talking about the things um some great photos in there by oriana orkin jesus my mouth it doesn't work um yes so again um Stay strong out there. Take care of each other. Stand up for each other as much as you possibly can. Try not to get too defeated by the news. Um, I'm not saying don't pay any attention to it and keep your head in the clouds. I'm just saying take care of yourself as much as you can so that we can keep fighting. You got to put that oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else. So you got to do it. Um, What else is going on? I don't know. I've been watching Making a Murderer. It's a, why do I do this? I don't know. I, I, but I'm going to finish it and then I'll get back to my life. Um, So these are the things that are going on. Exciting, 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 exciting. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I'll get you that next one after games three through five, if necessary, next week. Um, Until then, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you listen to on there follow forever dog follow three swings pod uh follow me Rhea butcher on instagram and twitter i've got shows coming up in sacramento november 11th or november 10th and 11th um and i've got uh some shows in march in vermont i've got all kinds of shows coming up so please go to my website riabutcher.com slash live dates and you can find more information there i'm adding dates as soon as possible that's what's happening that's what i'm doing next year um and As always, if you liked it, you liked it.
Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.